Hey there, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Find Your Voice in English podcast. Today we're going to talk about the listening section of the TOEFL. I know I've already uploaded or created a couple of episodes about the listening section, but now I'm coming to you from a new place, so to speak, because I took quite a few tests, especially lectures, because conversations tend to be easier. So I took a couple of tests and now I have a better idea of what traps to avoid and what to focus on in order to get a good grade. So let's get started. I think that the listening section is probably one of the easiest ones because it doesn't have as many traps and it mostly requires you to listen and understand. That's it. And also, you pretty much have the answers there. They give you the answer and usually two of them are not right at all and two of them are, you know, you're on the fence. But I would say it's one of the easiest sections. All of them can be quite easy once you know the procedures and the rules and the traps to avoid. But let me tell you about a couple of the key tips that are going to seem obvious, but they're actually very, very important. So the first thing is during the lecture or the conversation, you want to make sure to stay as present as possible and to listen more than you write. I used to be obsessed with writing absolutely everything, full sentences, and guess what? I ended up missing on half of the information that was said because while I was taking down notes, the professor was already giving the third point, which then maybe they asked me a question about that third point and I hadn't taken I didn't take notes about that. So you want to make sure to stay present. If you don't finish writing a word, it doesn't matter. Chances are you're not going to be even asked about that because you're only going to be asked about the main ideas, not about, you know, little details. Which brings me to my second point, which is to take down notes. Now, the way we take down notes needs to be smart. We just can't go around and, you know, try to take down notes of full sentences. That's something that you shouldn't do for the reading, for the speaking, nor for the listening section, because that's only going to delay you and prevent you from understanding whatever the speaker has to say. So you want to make sure to only write down keywords. This means nouns and verbs. Nouns and verbs. That's it. No preposition, no transition, no long sentences, even long words. I would say shorten them because the idea of your notes is to just trigger a memory. If you understand that, you'll be able to answer all of the questions correctly. But you want to, to have some keywords that trigger the memory. So you say, ah, I get it. This was mentioned in, you know, unit two or whatever. So remember, no full sentences stay present. And one of the key tips for the listening is to know that the questions will be in order. This means that question one will probably be uh, related to your notes that you have at the very beginning. And question six, this means the last question in a passage will be your answer will be in the last things or the last thing where you last wrote in your notes. So that's key to note because that's going to be so helpful to answer the questions. Now let's talk about notes. What do you want to take down notes? And by the way, Something that I recommend is for the conversations, you want to take down notes on a table. On the one side, you write what the student says, and on the other side, you write what the professor says, because then you don't have to waste time writing, okay, this is what 
the student says, this is what the professor says, you know, it's much easier. However, for the lecture, you could just write, you know, the entire, you know, have no structure. But I recently watched a YouTube video and they recommended using a specific type of note system, specific type of note-taking system. And trust me, it's a whole lot easier. It's just, you know, dividing the sheet into two and just drawing eight squares or seven to eight squares, ideally eight. And for each of these squares will be each unit, unit because remember what I mentioned in the beginning, the questions in the listening section are in order. So you want to make sure that for each square you dedicate or you write one unit. So question one is question, unit one, question two would be unit two. And how do you know what goes in each unit? for transition words or when the professor switches topics so maybe they give one point but then they say now this has been disproved by many researchers so then you know oh okay this is a new point or when they mention a transition word like however but that's another indicator oh okay I'm gonna switch squares and having these eight seven squares is gonna make it a whole lot easier to then Go back to the sentences, go back to your notes and understand, okay, this is question three. This means that my answer should lie somewhere around square three and square four. I just practiced with, you know, listening to the lectures with this note-taking system. And I've got to tell you, it's so much easier. I, I don't know why, but it just relieved my anxiety. And now I can, I feel like I can, under I can understand my notes. Like before I just had a jargon of words, just put in a sheet of paper and it was just overwhelming. I couldn't understand a thing. But now that I see it in squares, it's just so much more organized and I know exactly where to go for each of the questions. So I'm glad that I had discovered this right before my test because now I know this system will you know take me very very far so I highly recommend you do it as well it's simple just for every lecture divide the sheet into two you know draw some three horizontal lines and that's it you're good and you're gonna see it makes a whole lot of a difference so now that you know and you have the note-taking template this means just the eight squares you want to listen for things that are going to be important that you're probably going to be asked about. So in the conversation, there are five things that you want to listen out for. The first thing is the student's purpose of going to see the professor. You'll see that this will be mentioned right at the start from the lecture or conversation. The student will say something like, oh, I came to you, or maybe the professor or the advisor will say, what can I help you with? And that's what you want to listen out for. That's one of the easiest things so we just have to make sure that we don't confuse this with maybe they introduce each other they greet each other and they talk about something but that's not important we want to listen for the student's purpose of going there then the second thing that you want to take down notes off is the recommendation or the comment that the librarian or advisor or the professor gives them after the student talks to or presents or talks about why they're there, the professor will usually give a couple of recommendations. So you'll want to take down notes of that. And once again, only keywords. The third thing that you want to listen out for is for clue words. So clue words in the conversation would be words like requirements, 
form, um, application. These are three of the most common words that you're going to you may hear in a conversation and you want to take down notes. Maybe, for example, one of the lecturers asked a student to fill out a form to borrow books from the library. So you want to take down notes. Okay, form, borrow, books, library. That's it. So you want to listen for these clue words. The fourth thing that you want to listen out for is the emotions or the tone of voice used by the professor or the librarian or by the student. This is the rhetorical purpose question. And you'll see that at some point during the lecture, someone will express an emotion. They will either say, oh, this is overwhelming. I don't know. So you want to listen out for that and say, okay, what is the student's attitude towards something or what is what, what is the student or professor feeling what do they say when are they starting when do they share their judgment or opinion the last thing you want to take down notes of is the resolution usually after the student has talked through the, their problem they will usually have a better idea of what to do maybe the student ends up saying okay so what i'll do is i'll just you know borrow this book and that's it or i'll go to this apartment store and you know look for more information whatever so you want to also pay attention to that resolution so these would be the five things for the taking down notes five things to take down notes in the conversation part now what about the lectures so in the lecture there are six main things they are they there can be more, but there are six main things that you want to listen out for. The first thing is the main purpose questions. These are the questions that ask you, what is the lecture mainly about? And these answers may be stated in the very beginning by the professor. The professor might say, okay, class, today we're going to talk about whatever. Um, but they may be stated more towards the second unit or something like that. So you want to check you know, be attentive of that. Secondly, you want to listen for clue words. The clue words in the lectures would be things like theory, research, study, well, researchers, hypothesis. When they mention each something like that, you want to take down notes of that. The third thing that you want to listen for is questions asked by either the students or the professor, because sometimes the professor asks a question themselves and you're likely going to be asked a similar question in the lecture, in the conversations, in the quizzes. So listen for that, the questions made by students or the professor. The fifth thing is transition words. Transition words are words like, but, however, nonetheless, However, or researchers are no longer believing that. So that's when you know, oh, okay, transition word. And each of these things, like the transition word, when a, when a student asks questions or clue words indicate that you're starting a new square. And the sixth thing to, that indicates that they're gonna talk about something important is when they pause, when they make a long pause, or when they kind of like use words like, um, okay, okay, so, so, so when they use these transition words, like, oh, oh, okay, when they make a pause, that's when you know, okay, they will talk about something important. Now, there's no need to take down notes of the adjective, adverbs, examples, or maybe even the student's questions. You only want to write down the keywords. This means the nouns and verbs. And in the lecture, listen for the main purpose, the clue words, 
the emphasized words, the questions made by students or a professor, the transition words like but, however, and the pause, and always remember to start a new square when you do this. There's no rule that tells you, oh, you should start a new square because it really won't affect you, but it can really be helpful to keep you organized. So one of the keys for the listening that I was not doing is to read the question completely. And this way you will be able to identify the keyword and go to your notes. Something that I was doing is I was just reading the question very, very fast and going through my answers. And sometimes I got the answer wrong because I was not looking for the information in the right place. So we want to make sure to always, always, always read the question completely, identify the keyword. So in the question, how is it possible to determine in which rainy period a lake was formed? So here the keyword is, okay, rainy period. And then you think back, okay, when did they talk about rain? It was around square four. So then you go back there and you look for the answers or the keywords that where you wrote, you know, the, where the things are, where you wrote the, you know, about the square number four. Because if you don't read the question and you completely skip the keyword, you're going to look all over your notes and wrong answers may appear right. So you want to always first step, identify the keyword, and then you want to look for that keyword whenever they mentioned rain. Oh, that they mentioned that around square four. So you want to look for that info in there and check the keywords that you took down notes because that's going to help you answer the question. Always, always remember that the answers will be in order. This means minute one, we'll talk about question number one and two, minute two about question number two or three. So always, always in order. The right answer will always be in order and I can't emphasize enough <laughs> because this will help you out a lot. So remember the process of identifying the keyword First, I don't know, maybe the keyword is rain. So you remember, oh yeah, in this section is where they talked about rain. Then you look for the keyword in your notes where they talked about rain. And then you eliminate the options where, where they didn't mention about rain. Because maybe, for example, here I've got one of the options. One option asked me, okay, how is it possible to determine which rainy period uh, a lake was formed? So I looked through the answers and it said, one, by examining the location of the lake bed, two, by measuring the amount of land sand covering the lake bed, three, by examining the color of the limestone formation, four, by identifying the types of fossils found in the limestone. So I already knew, okay, around the, the, the when they talked about rain, they talked about fossils. So I already know answer D is correct. However, I was really not sure about what was the second answer and I ended up incorrectly choosing option C by examining the color, the limestone formation. And I chose that because they had talked about the color of the limestone, but the problem was that they talked about this at the very beginning, at the very first minute. And this question asked me to take a look at my notes, you know, from minute three or four. So even though this seemed right and it was actually mentioned, it was not in order, so this was wrong because I got that information from something that was mentioned at the very beginning. So this goes to show that the importance of, you know, having our notes in our different squares and identifying the keyword. Okay, they talked about rain and then you look for the square where they talked about rain and just look for the keywords where they talked about that. So 
once again, you really want to make sure that you only choose the answer that is congruent with the keywords that you have in your notes from each of the squares. For example, there was one answer was actually question number six. So one of the last questions that asked, okay, what are the two things that a professor considers for learning, whatever. And there were four options. And I ended up, you know, taking a look at my notes and I saw that I had written something about discreteness. So I already knew, okay, discreteness was there. And then I wasn't sure if the answer would be learnability, displacement and productivity. And since I saw that productivity was one of the last keywords in my lecture, I knew this is probably right. And on the other hand, learnability was a keyword that was mentioned, but it was mentioned at the very beginning or somewhere in the middle. So that's when I knew, oh, okay, this is a trick. Learnability is clearly not right because it was mentioned in the beginning. And remember, the answers will always be in order. I ended up going, you know, just choosing the answer at random, not feeling, not feeling very sure, just, you know, going for one and then ended up getting it right because the words productivity and discreteness were mentioned right at the end which is, was also congruent with the last question, which would ask me about information mentioned at the last, last thing. That's why, once again, I really can't emphasize enough the importance of following the order and really eliminating answers that maybe they were mentioned, but they were mentioned somewhere else, maybe more in the beginning or earlier or later on. So really pay attention to that and always take a look at the notes you took down notes depending on the different squares. Once again, that's why doing the squares can be so, so essential. And the last thing, another thing that I did wrong and now I've learned is time management. I used to think that the listening section was, you know, we were very short of time. There's not enough time. We need to do everything fast. But the reality is that I always ended up with six minutes or actually seven minutes to spare. That was a lot of time. And the reason why I got seven minutes of spare was because I barely even read the entire question. I just skimmed through it. And sometimes I got the answer wrong because I didn't identify the keyword and look for the keyword in the right order. That's why I now learned that I want to end with one or two minutes to spare, not seven, because these are seven valuable minutes that I could have used to understand the question better, to get the right answer and just chill because there's really there's enough time. There is enough time to really read the answers or the answers and the question thoroughly. I ended up getting a wrong answer another time. You know, in fact, I'm going to show it to you right now. Um, I ended up getting a wrong answer out of something I was really fully, fully sure. Like, for example, this question asked me, what are the speakers mainly discussing? So option A was how to use the language lab. It was mostly about the language lab. B, how to make a video for a class. I already ruled that out. C, how to reserve a study room in the library. And D, how to improve study habits. So I can already rule out B and D. And I knew that they talked about the language lab, but when I read question or answer number C, how to reserve a study room, they did, they did talk about how to reserve a study room, but I didn't read the final word, how to reserve a study room, 
a room in the library and they never ever mentioned anything about the library it was always a language lab so just because i was in a rush and i wanted to get this done as soon as possible i ended up getting the wrong answer even though i clearly knew the right answer so really take your time take your time to answer the questions there's enough time there's enough time you want to end with one or two minutes not with seven minutes and you want to do that by always reading the question reading the sentences and not just choosing one because you think you're running out of time you're not take a deep breath and know you have enough time read the entire sentence so once again read the entire sentence you've got enough time chill so anyway, that's all that I have for today. I hope this episode was helpful and I'll talk to you very soon.